Good Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of the Good Morning Liberty podcast. My name is Nate, and I'm on my own today, but we've got a very special episode for you guys. I just got done interviewing Erica Kalinich, who is the gubernatorial candidate in the great state of West Virginia. I've driven through there before several times. Beautiful state. It's like every town through there is your nice small town vibe. Just a a beautiful place. And she is a libertarian on the ballot. This is a very important election for libertarians in West Virginia because if they get over 1%, then they get that automatic ballot access. And we want to keep them on the ballot for sure. We had a great conversation about the problems that have been facing the state. And even if you're not from West Virginia You can still get some good conversation here about libertarianism, what we can do as far as economic development in the different states and around the country, because they're just great principles overall. It was a a wonderful, wonderful conversation. If I were in West Virginia, she would have my vote. If you're in West Virginia, she needs to be getting your vote. So I'm going to go ahead and start that interview right now. And then right afterwards, what I've done is I've taken a video from her website that kind of explains a lot about her. I thought it was a really great video. So it's going to play and it's, you know, got plenty of audio. So you're going to hear the important stuff for sure. So we'll be playing that right afterwards. It'll give you a little bit more insight into her background and her thoughts and beliefs on all of this. So without further ado, here's Erica Kalinich, candidate for governor. My name is Erica Kalenich. I'm from Buchanan, West Virginia. And this year I am the libertarian candidate for governor here in our state. How has it been getting on the the ballot in West Virginia as a libertarian? I know it's difficult and it's different all around the country. So what's that been like? So I'm very fortunate in that I walked into a race where we already have ballot access. In West Virginia, our ballot access race is the governor's race, the gubernatorial election. So the standard in West Virginia is that if we get 1% in the governor's election, that we maintain ballot access. So we did petitioning to be on the ballot in 2012. And then a gentleman by the name of David Moran ran in 2012 and in 2016. And in both of those years, he got over 1% of the vote, which allows us to be on the ballot. So this year, I'm keeping on that torch and hoping to get in excess of 1% to maintain ballot access for the Libertarian Party. Great. That's uh, that's good that if you get over that 1%, you can keep that because I know a lot of people spend a lot of time going around just you end up spending all your campaigning time actually just trying to get on the ballot itself. So it's it's good to have that out of the way and be able to campaign on the issues instead of spending all your time just trying to get people to 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 be able to vote for you, for sure. Um, right. Yes, I'm very fortunate, and as is our party in that regard. When it comes to what's going on around the country right now, say with the lockdowns and all of that, how how has that affected the the overall state of businesses and the people in West Virginia? It's been it's been pretty difficult here in our state. You know, West Virginia is a state that already struggles economically for job um, struggles to keep businesses open. So it's been it's been tough for us. We did have, you know, a a mandated shutdown of those businesses that our governor deemed non-essential. 
in early on in the pandemic, and it has it, it's really decimated West Virginia's economy. We are um, we are a state that has has a lot of of small businesses, you know, older mom and pop style, you know, grocery stores, coffee shops, those types of things. And, you know, when the governor said Walmart can stay open, but the small mom and pop, you know, coffee shop on Main Street can't stay open, it, it really, really hurt things here in West Virginia. And, you know, the situation with the schooling is, has been very trying for our citizens. West Virginia is very rural. So we don't have internet access in many areas of our state. And in many areas of the state that do have internet access, it's very slow. So companies that wanted to allow their um, employees to work from home had a difficult time due to, due to broadband access and things of that nature. And the way that our school system has worked is that the governor has this color-coded map, which is is a real joke. And the color-coded map dictates whether or not the local county boards of education can have in-person instruction, whether or not they have to do virtual learning, whether or not they're allowed to have a hybrid. And what we have seen is that there are kids that aren't, aren't able to get an education at all because their parents don't have access to the high-speed internet to be able to educate them and perhaps themselves have to go to, you know, still go to work in person, aren't able to spend the time homeschooling. So it's, it's really, really been devastating to West Virginia particularly. Guys, I got to jump in here real quick and tell you to go check out the Expat Money Show. Go back to episode 330 when you get some time. And we have Mikkel Thorpe from the expat money show on the podcast to talk about the expat lifestyle. If you want to protect your wealth, protect your income from the tyrannical governments all around the world. Well, you want to look at the expat money show. This is all about becoming a true libertarian, living like a true libertarian, keeping your money legally and being able to live the fullest life possible. Go back and listen to episode 330 and look for The Expat Money Show on all of your podcast apps and go to theexpatmoneyshow.com. They've got a growing Facebook page, forum, all that good stuff you can find in the show notes and you can go to expatmoneyshow.com. Could not recommend them enough, so get over there and check it out today. That's kind of the problem when you come from a top-down strategy of one-size-fits-all. A lot of people don't realize that that one size does not work for everyone. And that's actually something I hadn't thought about was the internet access. And even my family back home in Illinois, they can't get high-speed internet at their house still. And so the whole idea that everyone should be able to do the online learning just, just automatically or everyone should be able to work from home uh, that's it's not possible for everyone in the country to do that. I haven't heard a lot of people take that into account. So um, the one thing I really liked on your website, you talked a lot about how you originally had the idea that you had to leave West Virginia to find opportunities, right? And that yeah. reminded me of where I'm from Illinois originally. And if you know anything about Illinois state politics, the, the incentive is to get out of Illinois as, as quickly as you can. And what I wanted to know about was what are some of the ideas you'd have or the things that you would do 
to create those opportunities in West Virginia so people don't grow up with the feeling that to succeed they need to leave and, and that they could actually consider that their home where they want to stay? Right. So really we're dealing with two problems. Um, the first one is the real problem, which is opportunity. And the second one is a perceived problem. So I'll talk about the second one first because it's a little bit easier. There is a perception um, in West Virginia. It's been a perception for generations. It's still a perception that, that you, you have to leave, um, that things are are better somewhere else, their jobs, their opportunities waiting for you somewhere else, and those opportunities aren't in West Virginia. And what serves a little bit to perpetuate that is even, even once we get beyond that, young folks don't want to stay in a place that feels behind the times, that feels backwards, that feels, um, now I know progressive has kind of become a political word, mm -hmm. but feels like it's not making progress feels like it's not moving forward and it's it's you know staying behind and what we've had in West Virginia historically is leaders regardless of what political party they're in telling folks that you know coal is going to come back that they're going to fix the coal industry um, we have a very unaccepting climate in terms of the LGBTQ community and those types of things. I mean, we have a governor who within, you know, months of being elected, put cow manure on a platter at a press conference to make a point. And those types of things just make people feel embarrassed. It makes them feel like West Virginia is a little bit you know, behind the times and isn't isn't going to move forward. So we have to get rid of that perception. And that just comes from, you know, changing the conversations and the climate in West Virginia in terms of the leadership, having somebody that, you know, that that leads um, and and runs the states with a with a a character that is becoming of West Virginians so that people don't have to be embarrassed. And then the second thing is, you know, the, the actuality. Young people are looking for economic opportunity and cultural opportunity. West Virginia, fortunately, is a very, very um, culture-filled state. We have a lot of artists here. We have a lot of those types of cultural things that people are looking for they, they just don't know about it because West Virginia doesn't do a good job telling its story in that regard. The other part of that is that, you know, focusing on small businesses and making it easier for small businesses to operate in West Virginia by eliminating unnecessary regulations and licensing requirements, those types of things will help small businesses thrive, which create jobs, which helps you know, helps with the artistic community and the culture, which, which helps with tourism, which then makes people want to stay here. Then larger out-of-state companies will start to see that West Virginia is a friendly place to operate business, and they will come here. And we just haven't really focused on that in West Virginia. Our plan for creating jobs has always been, let's see what big company we can bring to West Virginia. And that never creates any type of sustainable development what happens is you know they they come in most of the time we give them land or we give them a tax break 
and there's a small economic boom bubble, but then that bubble bursts, those companies leave and we're left with, with nothing in West Virginia. So just changing how we approach economic development um, by using the assets we already have will help by the very nature of the type of businesses we have in West Virginia, artistic and cultural opportunities, which then keep young folks here. Yeah, it's kind of those ideas of giving certain breaks to to different businesses. Now, I'm in Nashville, Tennessee now, and they sort of specialize in giving breaks to any kind of big businesses that want to come in. But overall, they also have a very business-friendly environment uh, for for most businesses. And I think there's a a difference there that people might want to look at where you could put all your eggs in one basket and just try to attract one business to come in. But what happens if they leave instead of maybe creating that environment for anyone who wants to have a business in the state at the same time? And then all of those businesses could have the same opportunity. You wouldn't have to give one a special leg up over the state, over the state government and the state regulations. You could just give it to everyone. Uh, Am I kind of am I thinking the right way on that? You really are. I mean, what we what we do in West Virginia, first of all, we are one of the most difficult states to operate business, which is makes no sense given how we struggle economically. I mean, our code of state regulations is, you know, is is thicker than, you know, the old encyclopedias. It's huge. And the companies that we give the breaks to are these special interest industries, large out-of-state corporations. We don't ever do anything to make it easier for West Virginia folks to operate businesses or to, you know, reward people who have already decided to locate here in West Virginia and put their roots here. Yeah. And then you add in with that, the lockdowns, the shutdowns where someone like a Walmart is allowed to stay open, but someone who has a thrift shop on Main Street, well, they, they end up having to close down and you really create a very unfair environment. And then somehow people complain that only the big businesses are getting bigger. I don't, I don't really understand uh, where, where the logic comes down on that. But what, what, what is your overall philosophy on government? I know you're running for the Libertarian Party. So, you know, tell the people, uh, if they don't already know, listening to this podcast, they should know. But uh, what you, you know, what it means to you to be a Libertarian and how that could help the people in West Virginia. Sure. I, you know, the West Virginia's motto is Mountaineers are always free. And West Virginia people, by their very nature, um, are certainly are certainly libertarian if they would just stop and think about it. So being a libertarian to me just means that the, the government is there to do certain things, but those things are minimal. They're, they're there to make sure that no one else is interfering with you, your safety, your life, and your property. Other than that, they, they, if, if it's not a problem relating to one of those things, they shouldn't be involved. Um, government should be as small as necessary to, to do those things, not this, this big, huge, um, bloated thing. And, and people in West Virginia do relate to that. For the most part, people in West Virginia want to be left alone. They don't want the government in their business. They don't want the government telling them um, what they can and can't do. So, you know, on, on all spectrums from things like, you know, the Second Amendment, West Virginia is a big gun rights state, all the way, you know, to the things that we were talking about in terms of economy. Um, we have an entrepreneurial spirit here in West Virginia, like no other state that I've ever seen. So West Virginians can really benefit from libertarian leadership, 
that allows you to make the best decisions for yourself, your business, and your family. That's what we talk about all the time on here. I think a lot of people, we really believe that a lot of people are libertarian when it comes to how they want people to act towards them. <laughs> you know, that I want to be left alone. <laughs> but then when it comes yeah. to uh, everyone else, it's kind of like, well, I don't, I, I'm not sure if I can... But really, we should all we should all want that for everyone. Everyone wants to be left alone, which means we need to leave everyone alone. Right. Yeah, that's one of the things I find myself saying um, during campaigning a lot in trying to trying to explain to people, because in West Virginia, there's a perception that the word libertarian means liberal. So very often, you know, you have to start by explaining to people what it is. And and most of the time, you're exactly right. When people say that they want freedom and liberty, what they really mean is, I want freedom and liberty for me and people like me, but not other people. And, you know, I've tried to explain to them, if you want, you want freedom and liberty for yourself, you have to want that for everybody else because if only you're getting it, it's not freedom and liberty. It's, it's catering to, to your group of people. And you have the problem when you draw that line where I want, you know, I want it for me, but not for everyone else. Well, you've drawn the line that some people can have it and some people can't. And then if you don't know who's going to be drawing that line in the future, then uh, then there's no guarantee that it's not going to be drawn to take away your liberties and your freedoms either. So I, I definitely agree with your with your philosophy overall on government. Um, is it have you been having a good response overall? You know, are, are people do you get the you're going to take away votes from this person and give them to that person thing all the time the typical libertarian gets? Have you heard a lot of that? You know, I have. Um, I've, I've certainly heard um, you're going to, you know, you're going to take away votes from this group or from that group. But fortunately, I've I've had a lot of success in getting folks to to listen to me and actually have a conversation with me as opposed to speaking in sound bites. Um, and being able to explain to them that that is not true. Uh, in West Virginia, since 2016, we've doubled our number of registered libertarian voters, and it looks like I am on track to more than double the highest percentage that a libertarian candidate in the gubernatorial election has ever received in West Virginia. So it's, it's still early, obviously, so knock on wood, but the numbers right now look like that's what's happening. So I, I feel very fortunate. I feel that I've been very successful in traveling throughout the state and, and spreading the message of freedom and liberty and helping educate people as to, you know, as to what that means. And in particular in West Virginia, you know, and, and I understand that this is pretty much the same everywhere, but certainly in West Virginia, Democrats and Republicans are, are really the same thing. Mm -hmm. um, so it, I think that people have, have been able to see that. Our current governor is a Republican right now. He was actually elected as a Democrat um, a couple of weeks into his term when he was first elected. He switched to Republican. And that's something that's easy for people to understand. He's the same person. His <laughs> policy hasn't changed. He's the, you know, he believes the exact same thing, yet we elected him as a Democrat, and now he's a Republican. And when you really start to explain to people 
that concept it really does seem to be clicking yeah it's it seems like they are the same they just have different messaging to their constituents but when they get behind the desk they really end up signing the same stuff over it doesn't really matter what the what the letter is next to their name so uh can you tell everyone where to go where they could uh can help out your campaign or at least follow you and and uh keep track of what's going on you can find me on the internet my website is now is the time wv.com you can also find me on Facebook. It's Erica Kalenich. My last name is K-O-L-E-N-I-C-H for Governor of West Virginia. You can um, message me on there and I will get right back to you. All right. I'm going to put all of that in the show notes for today's episode. Erica, I really appreciate your time today and uh, I wish you the best of luck in the, in the election coming up. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Originally from West Virginia, I was born in Ohio, been raised in West Virginia the majority of my life. I was convinced, like a lot of people in West Virginia, that I was going to grow up and go somewhere and do bigger and better things. So I went to West Virginia Wesleyan here in Buchanan, and I left after that and went to the University of Akron School of Law in Ohio. Didn't really take long for me living outside of West Virginia to know I wanted to come back. So I came back here to Buchanan in 2010 with my husband, Carl, who was originally from Cleveland. And this is where we've raised our daughter, Iris. Iris is 19. She's a sophomore at Wesleyan. I started my own law practice here in West Virginia. I have around 10 employees. I come from a long line of small business owners. My parents have always had small businesses. That's what I grew up with, and that's what I've come to know. In my personal life, I'm very different than in my business life. In my business life, I'm very serious uh, because I have to be. In my personal life, I'm pretty laid back. I stay pretty active. I go to the gym every day. I work out all the time. I spend almost every waking hour I have that I'm not at work volunteering for different community organizations. Um, small towns are my passion, I guess. I'm. They really mean a lot to me. So I spend a lot of time here in my small town devoting my time to different organizations. For as long as I can remember, we've been here in West Virginia on the top of every bad list and the bottom of every good list. We've been told since we were children, you have to leave the state. There's nothing for you here. There's no jobs for you here. We're told there's no, there's no culture here. There's no art here. There's no diversity here. We have been indoctrinated to think that we need to get all these things, jobs, culture, either by leaving or somehow importing them. And that is not true. We have to change the narrative to make people understand everything that we need to succeed is already here in West Virginia. Everything that we need to have an economy like no other is here in West Virginia. Everything that we need to keep young people here and to create cultural opportunity is here in West Virginia. Everything that we need to live life the best way that we know how is here in West Virginia. We just need the right person to harness that and introduce us to our opportunities. You can continue to vote the same way and get the same results. You can continue to do the same things and not get new solutions. Or you can do something different. If you want change, if you want new solutions, if you want West Virginia to move forward, 
you have to do something different. Voting Libertarian this year is your opportunity to do something different. It's your opportunity to vote with your conscience. It's your opportunity to say, I'm done with the same thing happening over and over and over again, and I'm ready for something new. I'm ready for change. I offer you the opportunity for that change.